Welcome to the Party for One podcast, an online media site that strives to empower individuals in fully embracing their unique and exclusive personal potential and power as diversified human beings, all by celebrating individuality. The beauty, passion, and diversity that makes us who we are and this life one big party. A party that starts with one. I'm your host, Chloe Young, and on this show we'll be talking about all things complicated, also known as all things life. That including careers, relationships, art, politics, and so much more. Each episode, we'll be tackling questions of what it means to be an individual, how to access our most authentic identity, and how to do so comfortably and confidently, how one can truly reach their full potential, what it means to have a sense of personal power, and how a lifestyle of celebration can allow us to do such. For this first series, Celebrating Young Artists, I've chosen to highlight the multi-sided capabilities of individuals that do not only possess an incredible gift or talent, but have discovered how to create a successful career and market for themselves in a field where the competition is tough and the opportunities scarce. Art that pays the bills is a phenomenon within itself. However, these young adults are proving that success in the art industry is about much more than mere luck. It's about strategy, hard work, and a never-ending hustle. What if I told you that what you're listening to currently is not from one of Violin's famous greats? Hard to believe, right? No, not Nigel Kennedy, Joshua Bell, Hilary Hahn, or Sarah Chang, but a 17-year-old girl named Nikki Nagavi. Nikki Nagavi is a fellow student of mine at Centennial High School, but Nikki is far from your average good student. Nikki has proven to be an exceptionally skilled violinist with talent far beyond her age, and even the most elite of North Texas's musicians have taken notice. After winning and placing high in almost every local talent competition, Nikki recently made her orchestral debut with the University of Baylor Chamber Orchestra in 2018, and from there, sold with the Plano Symphony. In 2017, Nikki was selected as a concert master for the Texas All-State Symphony Orchestra, holding first chair after competing with every high school violinist in the state. That's kind of a big deal. So, safe to say, Nikki Nagavi is on the right track to successful career in her craft. But what's her secret? Is it simply a God-given ability, or does it take something more? Continue listening as Nikki Nagavi dives into the depths of her art and how self-discipline is the gateway to greatness for any young artist. Nikki, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and then kind of violin and what violin is to you in your life? Sure. Well, um, I'm 17 years old and uh, I started the violin at the age of four. I've been playing classical music all my life and I'm Persian actually, so occasionally I play some cultural Middle Eastern music of that type, but it's been mostly classical. Um, I've thinking of pursuing it as my career in college and I'm just really interested in the arts and it's really enriched my life in such a wonderful way. Yeah, what are some things that you've been up to lately with the violin? Well, actually 2018 has been quite a busy year for me musically. I've had my first orchestral debut with the Baylor or the Baylor Chamber Orchestra. Oh, okay. And that's for like Baylor University? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And the Plano Symphony Orchestra later in March of this oh, year. Oh, got it. That's awesome. So. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, so if someone, I don't know if you get this, for me, like, you know, obviously we're students, but mm-hmm. sometimes people will still ask you what you do. Right. So how would you respond to that question now? And then how would you plan to respond to that question, like, in the future? Do you mean, like, what I do as far as, like... Yeah, like, what do you, if they say, what do you do for a living? Like... Oh, okay. What would you respond now, and then what do you think you would respond in the future, <laughs> if you had to, like, guess? Well, I'm still very much a student. Yeah. <laughs> very much still learning, so the majority of my time with the violin is spent practicing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do a lot of volunteer work as well with the Frisco Arts, uh, the Frisco Association for the Arts. Oh, um, wow. And later in the future, I might be doing more concerts such as playing in a professional orchestra or teaching got it not as much practice but still I hope to be able to keep it up definitely awesome so you you said you started violin when you were four right Mm -hmm. yes was this like I'm, I'm always interested about how people get their start so what was something like how did you know that that was what you wanted to do or was it was it something that like your parents introduced you and if so like how come they introduced it to you? Like, what's the story of mm-hmm. you getting started in violin? Yeah, well, um, my mom played a bit of piano in her younger days. Mm-hmm. She didn't stick with it, but since she had that musical insight, she thought it would be a good idea for me to try it as well. Yeah. And obviously, when we picked out, I just randomly, they said, you know, pick any instrument, and I just happened to pick out the violin. Um, oh, really? Yeah, okay. we didn't, we didn't. So it wasn't that they wanted you to play violin specifically, but they were like, okay, you should explore an instrument. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, luckily I chose violin, and in the beginning it was more of like a hobby. You know, she's Mm -hmm. probably going to drop it in a few months. We'll just see where it leads to. But I never dropped it, and so that's why I am here today. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, like, you've got to commit a ton of hours and practice. Like, Mm -hmm. how... How much would you say, and this may have changed over the years, mm-hmm. but how much do you say that you practice, like, either per day or per week or whatever? Well, when I was, um, like, in elementary school and such, I would not practice every day, and it was really more of a fight between my parents and I to get me to practice, but yeah. uh, these days, in the summertime especially, I try to get at least three to four hours a day. Wow. Um, yeah. That's, that's awesome. So your family, you said that they they just encouraged you to pick out an instrument, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, have they had a lot of influence in your life as far of, as violin or just any of, like, your endeavors as a musician? Well, really, my parents are who I would say, like, are the reason that I still play the violin because mm-hmm. more than just practicing, they're, neither of them are musicians, but they really taught me discipline yeah. And the fact that I have this discipline now to sit down every day and spend a chunk of my day to violin is why I got to um, this point. Without, like, my parents, although they didn't guide my practice musically, they definitely guided me um, personally and with my character in oh, practicing. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So, but so they, they gave you that that skill like of discipline. Yeah, yeah yes. that's, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And I, I love how... I, I, my mother is a pianist, mm-hmm. and she let me quit piano lessons when I was, like, 10, and I still, <laughs> I mean, I'm not even that invested in music, but I still, You're like... You're a singer, wonderful singer. <laughs> Thank you, sure. but I, I still, I'm like, Mom, if you didn't let me quit, I would have been amazing, but no, I, I didn't have the passion, right. but that's, but that's great, though, that they gave you, like, those mm-hmm. skills, and that you use now, and I'm sure yes. you 
in all aspects of life that's mm-hmm. applicable. Yeah. I want to go back to kind of some things you've been doing lately. Mm-hmm. You performed with the Baylor Chamber Orchestra, yes. um, Plano, and did you say Dahl Symphony or is it just Plano? Well, I um, I played with the Dahl, the Plano Symphony, but uh, I'm actually in this group called the Greater Dallas Youth Orchestra, oh. which is like, uh, it gets all the youth musicians around Dallas, you audition and get into the orchestra, and I'm in the top orchestra, which had the opportunity to play side-by-side Dallas Symphony musicians. Oh, interesting. So I didn't solo with the Dallas Symphony, but we got to actually have like a professional concert at the uh-huh. Meyerson, and that was a really, really cool experience. Yeah, I can imagine. So what were, what were those experiences like, you know, maybe your first time performing mm-hmm. with a big orchestra? Yeah, since these are all professional musicians, um, and I want to go into music as a career and orchestral performance um, getting to play with these people and the maturity that they have and the amount of years they've played yeah. these pieces uh, it kind of gave me an insight and like honestly after my first rehearsal I was like wow I know this is what I want to do okay yeah mm-hmm. that's that's amazing what do you think has been the maybe the best experience or the most inspiring or rewarding experience you've had as a violinist it could be with an orchestra it could be Mm -hmm. in general that is a hard question question. (laughs) um you know I think I'm gonna have to say being able to lead the Texas Allstate um symphony orchestra in 2017 so um you know it's like a really competitive process of auditioning all the people in high school in a public high school in texas who play in orchestra and uh just the level of the musicianship that you like surround yourself in san antonio um at -hmm. the convention it's so amazing and you see like wow i'm not the only one alone here and it's just it's really really a great opportunity and i think i grew a lot from that um, I got quite a bit more recognition after that, okay. as well as confidence, and um, I think it opened up a lot of opportunities for me. Yeah, like what mm-hmm. kind of opportunities do you think? Well, uh, I was mentioning the Frisco Association for the Arts earlier. Okay. They, uh, the executive director, Tammy Miner-Shagan, she's really been someone who's like helped me a lot oh, through okay. music, and like I've performed a lot at some of their venues, and just for a lot of things around Frisco and Dallas area. Uh, And like, to be honest, like it's hard getting the attention of someone by just saying, oh, here's a violinist who's good, you know? But when you have, when you can give that extra boost of like, oh, she was first chair at Allstate, then, you know, it kind of gets Mm. people's attentions. And um, in that way, it's created opportunities for me. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that you've participated in a lot of different like competitions and talent shows. Mm Um, and I'm sure there's like a level of, you know, vulnerability or probably like you really have to put yourself out there. Right. As in a yeah. violinist. Like mm-hmm. you were saying, like, it's okay. Like, it's great to be good, but you have to be able to showcase that. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you talk a little bit about like maybe situations where you've had to be out of your comfort zone oh, yeah. or maybe like, I know a lot of artists don't get nervous if they're used to doing it, but maybe mm-hmm. situations like that, that a lot of 
performers go through? Yeah, um, it's really funny because I've played for a lot of audiences from a very young age. Yeah. And that's given me the confidence um, to be able to speak to people, uh, large groups of people, and mm-hmm. just, I'm not afraid to like say my opinion because that's kind of what I do through music. However, as I've gotten older, and especially this past year, as I do competitions, it's I still get nervous when yeah. I'm on stage, you know, because it's like you only have this one opportunity to display how you play. And mm-hmm. if you mess up, you know, that's it's not the end, but it's the end for that one single competition because, you know, the judges don't watch you while you're practicing or anything like that. So it's it's a lot of pressure into a small amount of time. And I still get nervous from that in some situations and not in other situations, but that's the thing about competing. For yeah, me. and mm-hmm. how, for other artists listening to this, how do you establish that sort of like comp- self-confidence mm-hmm. or trust with yourself that you can, like, yeah, you're still going to have those nerves, but that you can be able to go for this competition or put yourself out there? Mm-hmm. Well, really, uh, I think about it as... I've done all the work ahead of time. I've done all the practice. And I'm going to be playing like I have prepared. And really, there's nothing you can do past that point. So you just got to have faith that you're going to be able to display. So, you know, we've been talking about, like, how you've been able to be successful as a violinist but specifically and I know right now you're still a student but I started this podcast series to talk about how you know artists who have more non-traditional skills are able to find a way to provide for themselves Mm -hmm. and be marketable in an industry like art which is hard or art or music or whatever you want to call it um and so maybe not specifically like money wise but how have you been able to carve like opportunities or just like a career for yourself as a violinist in Frisco, Texas? Well, um, you have to be kind of a personable person. You have to be able to socialize and open yourself up Mm -hmm. to the people. I think that's really important as well as getting yourself out there. Like I recently started an Instagram uh, profile that's myself playing um, on the account and I've gotten an amount of followers through that, and I'm hoping to grow that, and just ways like that. Yeah, what's the mm-hmm. username for that? Oh, it's at Nikki Nagavi Violin. Okay. Um, you hear that, name? guys? Yeah. At Nikki Nagavi Violin. Yes. All the good yeah, I And I want to talk about your YouTube, too, because... Do you have a YouTube channel? Yeah, well, I don't personally have one, but my teachers and other people oh. have posted videos So they're just other me. people? Yes. Okay, because, yeah. yeah, like... I, my friend just looked up your name and all these videos came up when we were watching you. I even showed oh, my really? parents a video Oh my goodness. Yeah, because I thought you were amazing. <gasps> Thank so, you. And it's, it's cool too. And I, that's one, one thing I've heard from a lot of artists is that, you know, they can use technology mm-hmm. as a way to increase their yeah, following definitely. or get attention. Yes, so, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, I have some videos on YouTube from like my teachers have posted from different concerts and such. Okay. And uh, I just think, you know, 
if I'm going to go to a college or conservatory in the future and a teacher may have, you know, by chance come across that video and I go audition for them, it might just, you know, stick in their head by chance. Definitely. You know? Yeah, for sure. It's all about, like, exposure. Yes. I think it's interesting because, especially as a student or as a young kid, like, where you grow up has to do with a lot of your opportunities mm-hmm. and your experiences. Yeah. So what what has it been like being a classical musician in Frisco, Texas? Well, uh, Texas, um, as a state, compared to the other states in the nation, is really among, like, one of the top musical and artistic ones. And even, like, especially the DFW Metroplex, Mm -hmm. it's so filled up. You know, you go to downtown Dallas and see all the museums, all the... um, musical buildings all the art that's available and everything um and frisco has been growing a lot i think in population diversity which has been really good for all the fields of art and music among them for sure it's been a really high standard here in frisco in the dfw area and i'm really lucky about that definitely yeah and i've experienced that firsthand right choir exactly like our region is supposed to be one of the hardest exactly. in the whole state, and even mm-hmm. the whole state. I mean, you know, Texas all state is amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we're both lucky to have those opportunities. Um, yeah. Have you lived anywhere else but Frisco? I lived in Plano for a few years, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, what's the difference? Thing. Cool, <laughs> awesome. I guess you kind of answered my question, but what do you? If someone asked you what like the music scene was like here, what yeah. would you say? Oh, it's definitely of the highest caliber. It's it's definitely already very distinguished and growing. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Why do you? That's a hard question. I don't think I know the answer. But why do you <laughs> think that is? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, rich people in Dallas. <laughs> yeah. I think there are a lot of rich people who are caring about uh, the future generations and yeah. uh, raising the standard of living here. I think that's honestly a big part of it. You've also traveled a lot, is that right? Yes. Okay. Where all have you gone? Um, Well, I've, I don't want to like name all of them, but like I've been to Europe quite a bit, like several times in different Mm -hmm. countries, driving around there. Spain is kind of like my second home. Oh, okay. It's where I've been to the most. You know, awesome. for some reason, I don't know why. I'm not Spanish. Yeah. Don't have any family there, but... Do you have family that lives anywhere besides the U.S.? Um, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. I think everyone from Iran has moved to U.S. Okay, is that where you're from? Yes. Iran? What is it like traveling a lot? Like, is that something that you've kind of... A love you've gotten from your parents or, like... What is trap like? Why do you like to travel? Yeah, um, my family I would say is pretty like culturally diverse, and uh, mm-hmm. we we travel a lot. And uh, I take my violin everywhere I go. Okay, you know, I take it on every airplane. I'd never leave it alone anywhere. And um, it's funny you bring this up because every time I go, I play on the streets in really? like in a city like in Italy or in Spain, France oh or somewhere. And, that sounds know, breathtaking. Yeah. It's it's. It's a little, it's interesting, you know, you see all these people walking by and some people stop and some people walk by and I put my my case out actually for fun and people toss coins inside or toss coins inside 
I'm and sure. Yeah, it's because really it's because it's, it's like you know you see a little girl playing on the street, and you're usually used to seeing like old men, women, like mm-hmm. you know that are like playing for money. But then you see this person, this little girl, and you're like, and of course, like the people who are the adults, there are adults on the streets in Europe who are professional musicians and highly trained, and it's just uh. The musical scene in some part, some cities, I'd say most cities in Europe is not as developed as here. But there really? are there are some. I mean, I would say that there there aren't as many like we have a lot of um, like the quantity of different opportunities you have in the U.S. is more are more I would yeah. say, and the quality of the ones you have in Europe would be better i would say not okay. well okay well i get what you're saying it's i mean so the quality would be more about the same there's, here but yeah. there it's it's harder to find those right so they might be better ones yeah but, yeah or know, or the same yeah. um like i walk by in um some streets in spain and in madrid and i see this like man playing uh actually it's a, i this is a real story i've seen this man his name was daniel costa we became friends we uh kind of like colleagues and we played together for a bit he's just this really highly trained musician I took lessons from him but he just couldn't find many job opportunities Mm. in you know the capital of a large country such as Spain and uh, it's it's just if he someone like him lived in Texas for example you know he'd find a job easy yeah yeah definitely yeah there are so many opportunities Mm -hmm. here and i think we forget about those but it's neat that you have those experiences where you are seeing the world and getting those other perspectives yeah and would you recommend traveling to other people like 10 out of 10 i just i would you i think you have to especially to uh somewhere that's outside of the u.s yeah if you live in the u.s um but it's it's just so eye-opening to see how other people live yeah and how has that changed you as a musician i think it's made me more aware um Mm -hmm. i'm not so sure as it's changed me as much as a musician as much as uh as a person yeah i've become more passionate about things and more thankful for what i have um well i guess the passion the passion part has affected my musical playing as well yeah like when i play on the streets i do it to make people happy yeah. And, you know, I make a little bit of yeah. change on the side. That's, but what it's, that's what it's about at the end of the day. If someone were to ask you simply, like, why do you play the violin? What, what would you say? Well, um, that's, gosh, that's really a hard question. Right? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say, I mean, I play the violin now for a, a certain number of things you know a it's the only thing i do i love making music and i just i love playing the violin but uh um it's more like to me it's more why do i take part in any arts Mm -hmm. and i think that's because when you're able to share it with other people it's kind of like a it's like a second way of living that a lot of people don't have and i think it's important that we open up the um, artistic fields and anything you know singing art yeah. and uh, dancing and music and I think that it really affects people's lives if you introduce it to them in the right way yeah and how how do you think it does so um it's like an indulgence to me you know okay. it's like you have your general 
you know, go to work, pay the bills, come back and go to school, learn. But then this, um, the arts to me are like a way that you can really express yourself in yeah, any way. For sure. It's it's like a reflection of your personality. It's it what it's what defines you from other people in my opinion definitely i feel like it's a way too as an artist that you yeah. kind of express like a love for yourself yeah and treat <laughs> say treat yourself yeah. like, when you spend all <laughs> exactly. this time pouring into a talent mm-hmm. and a gift you have it's kind of reaching that potential that you have why should people care about not only music but like specifically classical. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people who like music. I don't think there's any people that would I don't know, there may be some, but the majority of people are gonna say right. they like yeah, music. No, of course. But it takes a refined audience to appreciate classical. Mm-hmm. For someone who's maybe not familiar with the classical music, you know, what would you tell them? Like why why should they try to try to care mm-hmm. or maybe learn more about it? Well really, um then I know what you're saying, Chloe, about like I have tons of friends who like would do not care less about could not care less <laughs> about like anything that I play and like I totally understand it and yeah. um but I think like when you think about it these musicians such as Bach and uh, Mozart Beethoven and just you know naming the big three is like they've been around for hundreds of years and yeah. really how long has this new music been around you know it's That's just a good point. it's amazing to think that this music has lasted and stayed pretty i mean it's like it's a genre of music itself but it's it's lasted through all these centuries um and it's still like popular today so i think that it just um apart from you know being able to like listen to it yourself and interpret it and really think about the music it's just like you've seen it it's it's just proven it's stayed around and it's stayed popular so there must be a reason i love that you said that that is a great (laughs) point like no that's that's wonderful and i mean obviously the music is still here for a reason Mm -hmm. nikki who would be your musical inspiration whether it be classical genre or not you know uh musical inspiration i would probably have to say is um Heifetz. Uh he's a he's a old violinist. Um, okay. He's he's long gone now, but uh, I just like the way he plays, and I like him because like I want to copy how he plays musically. Where would you like to envision yourself in the future as a violinist? Mm, in a professional orchestra, definitely. Okay. Maybe having a part-time teaching at a university. I think that'd be cool. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it'd be stable, and uh, I'd have the opportunity to raise a family mm-hmm. and live in a. It would probably be a suburban or urban environment, which I want to live in. Definitely, mm-hmm. that's really exciting. Are there any schools that you're really excited about going to? Well, or hoping <laughs> to go in? I definitely. Um, I'm not expecting anything, but like my top three, and these are all long shots, would mm-hmm. be Juilliard, the Juilliard School in yeah. New York City, in Manhattan actually, and uh, the Colburn School of Music, which is in Los Angeles. Okay. Free tuition if you get in, 
which is awesome. And, yeah. But super, super selective, competitive, and Rice University down in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Girl, go for it. Juilliard, <laughs> you could totally do it. Oh my gosh. No, like, you know, I, just, I wish. I see it. I see it. Really? Oh yeah. I don't know. For sure. And you're super smart. New so. York City is a, it's, it's like a, it's an interesting place. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would be so excited about living there, but, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'll audition there next year and see where it takes me. Definitely. It's <laughs> exciting. Party for One, my website, mm -hmm. is just about celebrating individuality and what right. makes you you. Mm -hmm. But not exactly just like liking yourself or loving yourself but celebrating yourself so like taking actions to like appreciate yourself and who you are and invest in yourself um and by doing that one of the main ways i believe you do that is by focusing on what makes you unique and trying to expand that and nourish it and let it grow or whatever <laughs> it's like i'm talking about a plant <laughs> but um so what do you make what do you believe makes you an individual and it doesn't have to be as an artist, but as a person. Um, personally, I think I think the way I kind of perceive things and look at life, um, like for example, if I fail at something, I try my best, and I'm still, you know, trying to like establish myself as a person but yeah. I try my best to like you know sit back and look at like look at the world from like the big picture like oh this isn't really gonna affect me much in the long run and yeah you know it's just a very instant thing and um same thing if I want to if I uh this is going to be a really really basic example but if I want to have like some candy and I'm like oh you know I really want it mm -hmm. right now but after I finish it, I'm gonna be like, I didn't really need it. Yeah. I think I have a good self of self, good sense of self control. Yeah, I, um, I would agree. And which, like, again, goes into like practice. Like, oh, I would, I'm really gonna regret it if I don't do it later yeah. on. You know? No, for sure. And you know, how have you seen maybe those gifts or skills or just your individuality grant you power as a person? Uh, well. I think, again, back to, like, the discipline thing of, like, I never really procrastinate on my schoolwork mm -hmm. or stuff like that that I need to turn in. I think that gives me um, a little bit of comfort in, yeah. like, it at least gives me more comfort. I honestly, as a high school student just finishing my junior year, I never really felt stressed, as a lot of people would say. Wow, that's Even amazing. Even though I had, like, a lot of stuff to do. But, like, I looked at it all as, like, well, this is, like, how I'm choosing to spend my life, you know? I, I'm yeah. choosing to do this stuff, and I like doing it. I like to be busy. Yeah, so. you have that power mm -hmm. of doing what you want yeah. and being happy because you've, right. you are self-disciplined mm -hmm. and you make the most of your time. And that's amazing, and I'm sure it's helped you not only, like, as a person, but as a violinist mm -hmm. who wants to be successful so it's right. awesome and then how do you best embrace your potential when are moments that you're like oh yeah I feel like I'm like being the best person I can be well you know it's um like for myself uh it's really those moments that I feel happiest even that that yeah. made that sounds a little you know like 
oh why would you feel your best your like you're reaching no, your potential and you're happy but um to me life's most important factor and whatever you do is just to stay happy whatever you're doing um whether or not you're rich or poor or smart or mm-hmm. uneducated um i think that happiness is the most important thing in the end and those days when i can just sit down um and just think wow like i'm getting to do all of these things and have all these opportunities i'm and i'm excited about what the future has to hold and even like the next day has to hold yeah. you know i just when people say take the little things and appreciate them mm-hmm. i feel like by doing that it gives me a sense of happiness that that i can that i really really enjoy my life and i think that is when i reach my full potential have there ever been any times that you've felt maybe like had fears as a young artist or you've had what i like to call an i don't know what i'm doing moment oh that's really prevalent um <laughs> especially right now as i'm going into uh starting my college audition seasons and uh Ooh. You know, I'm going to be doing music full time and uh, it's not really always the most stable career. Mm -hmm. I think to myself, why am I doing this? Like, why have I let music become the only thing I do like every day? Yeah. And, um, you know, I get worried for a little while, but then I just I calm down and I think, why am I complaining? Like, this is what I want to do. Like, I'm going to have fun doing this and I'm going to be able to do this with like the rest of my life like my personality isn't the type to sit in an office and like be a really business oriented or like mm-hmm. just super um like stuck in like directions someone giving me directions but uh with music I mean obviously like I'm going to be working for someone but I can create it in my own way and um so the times that I feel nervous about, oh, am I going to get in somewhere or am I going to, you know, what's going to happen? In the end, I know that the preparation I've had is going to like lead me in a direction that is going to turn out okay in the end. Mm, yeah. And how do you keep that kind of spark or passion for violin going? Because I know with anything, like you can love something so much, mm-hmm. but as soon as it becomes normal to you and becomes like a job, like for, for me, it's like... I don't know, say like doing social media. Like I love that kind of stuff, but whenever it becomes an assigned role, like, mm-hmm. oh, you have to do social media for this place, it it's kind of seems like all of a sudden it kind of, I'm like, eh, like you don't really want I have to, to yeah. do it. So, <laughs> and, you, and you obviously too, like you're practicing a lot. And like you said, there's some days where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm spending my whole life on music. Yeah. How do you keep that like motivation going? Well, I really, think about the end goal um Mm -hmm. and like for example like how you said you know if someone assigns you this job for me it's like if I have to learn this concerto for a competition you know like of course the practicing of it's going to be tedious and really I'm not gonna enjoy myself all the time and you're not supposed to enjoy yourself all the time Mm, in life I think (laughs) and though but those lows are what makes the highs even better I think like for me really like um I enjoy performing for people and with people whether it's like in chamber music or in an orchestra uh 
And I just, I like, those are the moments I think about, like, oh, that's why I'm doing this, you know? I love that quote that you're not supposed to enjoy yourself all the time. <laughs> good quote. Um, yeah, but no, that's, that's wonderful. And I thank you for sharing that because a lot of people think, oh, like, they look at people like you and any artist that's successful, and they think it's just, like, rainbows and butterflies mm. all the time. But it's, like, all the hard work, and there are doubts, and there are fears, and that's what... That's what it's all about. It just about. makes you human. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and last question. Yeah. Always the last question. So how do you celebrate yourself, Nikki Nagabi? Um, well, I, I'm just really happy with where my life is going. And uh, that doesn't mean that I necessarily know where it's going. I may have a picture in my head. But I know in the end also that if it doesn't turn out that way, like it's totally fine. And this is gonna sound really work oriented and it probably Mm -hmm. is, but the way I celebrate myself is that, um, you know, there are a lot of people who go out and treat themselves, you know, they go on Uh, They hang out with their friends a lot or, you know, do a lot of things that is makes them happy right now. Yeah. But in the future may not like benefit them as much as like the stuff you and I do. You know, we're really out there and, you know, you're like working at D Magazine, which is like so amazing. And I'm like, like really like settling down and trying to like practice as much as I can now and do as much as I can. And I think that although we may not be, like, actively, or for myself, I may mm-hmm. not be, like, totally, like, put giving everything out there and, like, just, you know, having the time of my life right now, I know that my preparation in the future, it will, it will allow me to mm. be far happier in the future. Yeah. I think, like, just putting in the work while I'm young allows me to enjoy it and that although it's not right now it's not celebrating myself but mentally mentally it is mentally I'm like oh my god like that's why I'm so excited for the future yeah and you value yourself yes exactly this is what I'm capable of this is Mm -hmm. the life I want these are the sacrifices I have to make exactly I think it's important I'm thinking like but my potential is to do this, you know? I'm going to make it happen. And I think that working towards that goal, and once I reach that goal, the process, too, is celebrating myself. Yeah, and I think any amazing artist, that's what they have to do, is sacrifice Mm -hmm. and believe and love in themselves enough to turn down the simple temporary pleasures of life yeah. that we all well, I mean enjoy. of course like I don't I don't like abuse myself of course you know I have fun and like yeah. I, I do what I want but um I know when to stop yeah, there's and a to, level yeah definitely mm-hmm. all right and is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to touch on um really uh I just want to say that what something that really keeps me going in music is is apart from just the music it's like being together with other people and how music brings you together Mm. and honestly like I have my school friends and I have like you know friends from here and there but my 
music friends are like the ones I know are gonna be with me and that I have such such a close bond with and it's it's not necessarily closer bond than like my school friends but it's a different kind of bond yeah which I think is really meaningful so um that's another reason that I like the arts a lot it's because it brings people together so yeah Thank you so much for coming Thank on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Yes, and I'm so excited to can you continue to follow your work. Yeah, and me too. And I cannot wait to listen to all the podcasts <laughs> you have in the future. Of course. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Party for One podcast. This episode was edited and produced by myself, Chloe Young, and the featured songs include 90 by Castaphone and Flowering Bells by Daniel Birch. Party for One hopes you enjoyed this episode, and if so, please subscribe to this channel and leave it a review while you're there. You can share the Party for One podcast on social media using the hashtag Party for One. And make sure to follow Party for One on Instagram and Twitter at P-R-T-Y number four one.